We are live. We are hyped. Something tells me they're waiting for Uncle Will. We got Tyler Lockett that's going to hop on the line real quick. But you know who we're playing this week, Paul Moyer? I do. We the played Arizona them a couple weeks ago. Arizona Cardinals played them a couple weeks ago. They, uh, Hawks won the game 19-9. to But both teams look a bit different right now. Let me just give you the, the teams and how they look on paper. Okay? Total offense, the Cardinals are ranked 14th. The Hawks are ranked 12th. When it comes to running the football, the Hawks are ranked 12th, and the Cardinals are ranked 17th. When it comes to throwing the rock, the Hawks are ranked 18th. The Cardinals are ranked 13th. And when it comes to scoring points, the Hawks are ranked 4th, and the Cardinals are ranked 15th. When you look at those numbers, you feel like this is going to be a tight game. But you know what? Numbers lie to you sometimes. Numbers lie because I turn on the film and I see the way the Hawks are playing and I see this defense they are playing at a high level. We see Geno Smith, who is in MVP consideration, which is crazy right now. He's playing at a high level. And then we look at special teams because there was a while where special teams was giving up touchdowns, giving up field position. That's not what's going down right now. So now let's go over to the defense. Overall defense, total defense. The Hawks are ranked 27th. That's a lie right now. Yeah. The last three games, they're giving up 15 points. Right now, they're, they're saying they're giving up about 24 points. But you know what's great? The Cardinals are giving up 26.3 points per game. You know what the Hawks are scoring? Hmm. 26.3 points per game. So what you're <laughs> telling me, Paul Moyer, is that chalk it up. We're about to get 27, 28 points, and we should be good to go. But if you guys don't know anything about Paul Moyer, he's going to do his own research. He's going to dive deep into the numbers. He's going to text me like at 1130 and say, bum, look, this is what I found. I'm going to say, man, my wife thinks a girl is texting me right now. You got to hit me in the morning. So what, what, are, you, what are you seeing right now, Paul Moyer? Well, first of all, it's, it's always a tough game when you play a divisional opponent, you know, a couple weeks apart. And, you know, Arizona, they're the biggest head-scratching team in the league to me. They have talent all over the place. And, and before I even go down there, so after watching us play the Giants, I go, okay, sometimes it's a play here, a play there. Um, I'm looking at statistically, we, weren't, we held them to 225 yards, so we did some really good things defensively. But I think we were right around 300, a little, maybe even under 300 yards in total, total offense. So, you know, you're looking at some of those statistics. No, we're, we're a good football team. We, we are good. And it, it, it actually kind of shocked me. I started watching. I go, okay, we really understand defensive concepts now in the run game. Wow, we really understand the pass, you know, concepts as well. I can't tell if it's man, if it's zone. We're, when we're bringing heat and we're getting with four people, um, we're really sound right now. Somebody's going to have to play well to beat us. So now I look at offensively and I go, you know, is it just Geno? You know, is it the protection? I no, we're, we're a really good team. So the, the one touchdown uh, we, we talked about, uh, I think, when K-9 um, uh, hit that big long run, and all 11 guys on that team did their part, from the quarterback to the running back to the wide receivers to the tight end to how they cut people off to how they went to the next level. Man, that's so rare. I, you almost never see 11 guys play a perfect play. We're actually playing perfect play. So right. oh, I'm not saying we're a great team yet because we still have a lot of young guys that are learning. We're getting into the second half of the season. There's a thing called rookie burnout, and we got a lot <laughs> of rookies playing right now. But I, there's something about them that is special. The other thing is now you got a bunch of young guys from Geno Smith, not, not that many starting games, to a lot of rookies. Teams start to see they have enough sample size to start making adjustments. How do we make the adjustments? That's why this game is so important. It's a divisional game, second time we play. We win this game on the road, we got something special going on. So back to my perplexion of Arizona. 
Man, they're a good team. They got a lot of great players. But I just don't know what they're doing. You know, I watch them offensively. The, the game has to be north and south. You got to be a great, you got to push the ball downfield. You got to run the ball. They're to sideline to sideline. You know, they don't really run the ball. I'm watching their offensive linemen. They're on their tippy toes all the time. They're on their heels in pass protection. Now, they're dangerous because you got grandkids because you said tippy toes. Yeah, I know. I'm okay. sorry. Well, I do have grandkids. Kid, but I'm waiting for kids <laughs> soon. But they're, they're, they're dangerous. They're talented. I mean, Kyler Murray's really talented, but he's got a lot of inefficiencies. And we got to take advantage of that. I look again at their, their running game. We'll see if Connors plays. That, that would change, uh, I think, the perplexion of what we did last time. You got Hopkins, who's definitely going to change. They got their starting center back. That's going to change. So we're going to have to play a great game to, to win this on the road. But they're just a head scratcher because they're always trying to scheme. You know, they're trying to win with gimmicks and, and mirrors, you know, that, 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 mirrors, what's the one? Smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors, thank you. I forgot <laughs> the smoke part. And so there's a lot of inconsistency in their game, but that's why they're so dangerous in this one. They'll probably make a huge game, Jay, a game adjustment. You know, the thing that Pete talks about, and I, I think Tyler Lockett talked about as well, is whenever they play a team the second time, they start all over. Say, forget that last game. We're going to have a completely new game plan from what we've seen. So um, big game. But I'm, I'm excited about it. I think we're playing better than they are. But this is a dangerous, dangerous opponent. They're a dangerous team because of the things that you mentioned. Tyler Lockett, when he gets outside of the pocket, that's where he is most dangerous. Why? Because you get outside the pocket, he's allowed to keep his eyes down the field, and he can make things happen. Me, personally, I want him to have to step up inside the pocket and have to deal with Jordan Brooks, have to deal with Cody Barton, and get eyes on him at all times. Let's not forget, DeAndre Hopkins is back. Uh, he is one of the problem. best receivers to play the game. Now, I'm not saying that these guys can't handle him, but I'm saying that you don't fear your opponent, you respect your opponent. So you have DeAndre Hopkins, you have Rondell Moore, and they have a weapon that they haven't really used yet and Robbie Anderson. He's played seven snaps one game, 12 snaps the second game. I'm reading articles. Kyler Murray saying, look, he's not playing because he can't really handle the playbook right now. They feel really good about what he can do this week. So now you have another weapon to prepare for. The Cardinals are at their best when they are playing backyard football. Kyler Murray is at his best when he is outside the pocket and he is directing. Scramble drill, you're a safety. A scramble drill where you have concepts going, right? You got speed outs by the outside guys. You got scenes by the slots. You got your running back running a spot. When all that breaks down and they're just doing this and now it breaks every rule that you're taught as a guy on the defensive side of the ball, I think that is tough to cover and that's what they're best at. Well, and we got to make sure that doesn't happen. So let me throw some statistics at you. Um, Kyler Murray, and there's no question. I mean, he's gifted. He's five foot ten, nothing. But they're trying to make him a pocket passer. And so here's some interesting things. When he's under pressure, he completes 40% of his passes. He completes uh, it's 3.4 yards per attempt, and his quarterback rating is 30. Third, I, I've never seen something that low before. Is 30 good? Not, not good. Uh, <laughs> 30's not bad if you're 61 and you want to go back to be 30 years of age. But a quarterback rating, that's not good. Um, passes 20 yards or more. He's completing 27% of those. And his quarterback rating is 25. He has four interceptions. So 30's not good, so 25 isn't 25 good. 25's even worse, okay. by the way. Just check um, but so you guys know. One touchdown, four interceptions. They're not, so you talked about him getting outside the pocket. 
They do play action and, and try to get him outside the pocket 19% of the time. When they do that, his quarterback rating is 104. Not bad. His, his completion percentage is 72%. But they only do it 19% of the time. When he's in gun, by the way, he's never under center. He's always in a shotgun or, or back about five, six yards from the center. They, they shotgun the, the, the snap to him, and he drifts back to about 11 yards behind the line of scrimmage. So when he's uh, not play action, and his numbers are 65% completion uh, percentage, and his quarterback rating is 80. By the way, if you have a quarterback rating of 80, you're looking to be replaced. 80% <laughs> of his passes, his quarterback rating is 80. I don't understand what they're doing. To me, that's just a, a head coach who's came from college said, I'm going to bring this college offense, and I am going to force it no matter what. And I'm like, but statistically, what are you doing? Why would you do this to this kid? That's not his strengths. So, great. I hope they continue to do that. I hope they play action about 18% of the time uh, on Sunday, and they drop back. Because the one thing, if we can get pressure with four guys and collapse the pocket, I already said he completes 40% of his passes, quarterback rating a 30. I like our chances. I like our chances, too. Now, I'm going to touch on the defense a little bit. The Cardinals defense. What the Cardinals are going to do, they're going to run that 3-4 just like the Hawks do. What you guys are going to see, all right, and when you see this, you think about me and you say, man, that Michael Bumpus knows what he's talking about, all right? Mm. This is what he's going to do. They're going to walk down. They're going to show an all-out blitz. They're going to show no one on that second level. Then they'll drop two. Then they'll drop one. Then they'll send two. Then they'll send one. That's what hurt the previous quarterback the last time we played them is that visually when you walk up to the line of scrimmage and you are under center or you are in a shotgun, you see nothing but pressure at you. All right, you have to now take the snap and diagnose what's going on. You got to take 1.5 or 2 seconds to see what is happening there and trust your eyes. So this is going to be one of the biggest tests for me with Gino to see how disciplined he is and how patient he is Pretty when reading what the pressure is going to look like. The Arizona Cardinals blitz 37% of the time. That is second in the NFL. All right. So expect pressure at all times, whether it's first down, second down, third, doesn't matter. They're going to show pressure, and they're going to bring pressure a lot of the time. So now I'm looking to see, all right, Gino. Gino's had a great season. I'm behind him. I'm behind him. I believe in him. I bought stock, and it's rising for your boy right now. All right, I'm going to be a rich man at the end of this year because I bought stock in Gino. But now, can he handle this different type of look? He'll see the most pressure he's seen all year. Well, he handled it the first time, and to me, it's gimmicky. They have talent on defense. What they are, they're not very good is is rushing with four guys and putting pressure. So they, they, there was a play. It was third down and one, and they walked two of their backers up in the gaps. They're standing straight up. It's third and one. Why would you stand straight up in a gap? That we just knocked them off. I mean, all of a sudden I see Gino, he audibles, we hit a big run. We're down in the goal line, the one with K9, where he ended up breaking it to the left uh, uh, pylon for the touchdown. Same thing. It's, it's gimmicky. The, the problem with gimmicks is it can work at times. But I'm just saying, look, great, we'll just run right at you. We'll put two, three tight ends. You guys, they're, they're undersized, they're fast, they're not real physical, they're talented. Man, it's a tough game. It's a dangerous game. But if we just play our game, 
I think Geno's one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. He handles that pressure better than anybody. Um, I think he's going to have a big day. I believe. Yep. Come on now. Let's get it done. Yeah. Come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court where you have a chance to win gift cards from the Bellevue Collections Dining District tonight. They're giving away gift cards to Sweet Restaurant Lounge, Duke Seafood, Ascend Prime Steak and Sushi, Daniel's Boiler, and Fogo de Chao. All right, you guys get your raffles in and be a part of this whole thing. Coming up next, we're going to get on the phone line with wide receiver Tyler Lockett. That's coming up next right here on Hawks Live. And now... We got the guy with us, Tyler Lockett. He Tyler, is the guy. How you doing now. today, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are y'all doing? Hey, we are doing well. Thank you for joining us. I know it's late. It's a Thursday. I'm sure you got a lot of things to do, but you are here with us, and the people here appreciate it, man. Uh, just, just tell me, like, what the confidence of this team is, man, because we know going into the season there's been a lot of doubters. No one here doubted you, and uh, you guys have been doing your thing, man. What's the vibe of this team right now? Oh, man, I think the vibe is tremendous. Biggest thing is from the outside. So, I mean, you don't have expectations. It's easier to just be able to go out there and play free and just being able to give each other great and through the learning experience. And so I think we've done a really great job with that, and I think you can just tell, like, how energetic this team is as well. Tyler, what's it like? I mean – this is a bit of a transition, right? I mean, I don't want to say it's a it's a reboot or anything, but it is a transition, especially when you lose some leaders. And now you are the leader. What, what was that like just coming into the season? I mean, obviously no Russ, no Bobby. Um, how big of a difference was that for you coming into this year? Well, I mean, that's a huge difference because we lost um, two really great leaders, two really great friends, and two people that we been able to have inside of our building. And so just being able to lose those two, you know, the biggest thing we had to be able to learn how to adjust the trip, which wasn't easy. You know, we had to continue to try to develop chemistry um, on the field, develop chemistry off the field with each and every one of our players, because even defensively, we changed into a new system. And so for us offensively, we were still learning this new system that we first started last year. So the more and more that we continue to buy in, the more and more we continue to learn. Like, I think everybody did a great job just being able to put everything into it that we could. The people coming in for OTAs, like some of us came in later um, with just the mindset and focus we had in camp. Like, we competed day in and day out. And the more and more we understand a system, the better and better we start to become. Tyler, I look at you on film, and uh, you're like wine, man. You're getting better with time. <laughs> I'm a receiver myself, so I see the things that you do to, to gain leverage, to move DBs and safeties off of their point. Um, is there something that you do during the offseason to, to critique yourself or analyze your game that you feel like has helped you continue to get better as the years go on? I mean, I think a lot of it is just my approach to the way that I scout teams, the way that I scout my opponent, the way I try to um, figure out, like, how do I want to attack them? Do I want to use strength use the weaknesses? Like, a lot of that just goes into um, my preparation of just how to play and then just learn how to be able to have, like, a, a higher IQ the more and more that I play allows me to be able to know how and when to attack certain defenders. Also being on the same page with, with Gino, being on the same page with some of the other receivers, 
just having those conversations because at the end of the day, like football starts to become more mental than it does physical. Because if you can learn how to set people up in your head and your body's able to do it as well, you can create a whole bunch of separation when you already know how to attack your opponent mentally and having to go out there and try to do it physically all the time. Well, you just meant to mention the mental part. And look, there, there's obviously... Look, we don't see you drop many passes, and I'm going to say you didn't drop it. I'm going to blame that on your face mask. It wasn't, didn't hit your hands. Um, you had that fumble. And look, you're an established guy now, right? I mean, you're a veteran. You're a leader. But take me back on the mental part. What if that was your rookie year? Would you have handled that different than you were today? Uh, I mean, I think I would it differently because – when we played my senior year, I dropped a pass in the end zone and I put my hands up similar to this game on Sunday. And I did the ball was up in the air and it turned into a touchdown. And I remember only trying in that game, pressing too hard. And after that game, when I got back ready to start next team, I told myself that that could either break me. And so, I mean, then when I came into the NFL, I had a game, I think, when we played against the Dolphins, I dropped two passes in the first game. And it was kind of the same thing. It was like after that game, you know, this moment can make me a break. And I decided not to let it break. And you played the Rams the next game. And I had like a really good game, but that's when I ended up hurting my knee in the game of the year. And so, for me, it, it's – how to like deal with situations and circumstances. I've seen happen or failure across, but like sometimes the best teacher, you know, like, and so for me, just to learn from some of my failures and some of my impacts, drops, like all those things allow me to see like where am I really yet? Being able to turn it around or how fast through everything going um, in the fourth quarter when I scored a touchdown, a great goal by Gino as well. But some people don't get a chance to overcome it in the same game. They got to be able to wait and take it to the next game. And so the mental aspect is very important. Well, I think that's really, I mean, to me, it's so impressive. I mean, Bump and I, we both played, you know, with the Seahawks and. Man, I, I struggle if I had a bad first half. You know, it, it's easy sometimes to have a great first half and come back from that. But, you know, that's, I think, you know, what makes you such a great leader, your humility, the, the mental part of it. Um, I, I'm going to ask you a question now about Geno Smith. Um, you know, Geno, look, I think he's a surprise for all of us. I mean, I, maybe some thought he was going to be a great quarterback, but to play the way he is right now, what has surprised you the most coming into the season for Geno? You know, we're actually going to get back to Tyler Lockett. He's gonna, we're going to try to get that connection a bit more better, as my high school coach would say. And um, when we look at Tyler Lockett, he just hit 30. And I watch him move on film. He, nice. he doesn't look like he's 30. He talked about understanding how to set up their, his routes and understanding the defense and what he's looking at. And I think that he's a, a testament to, as a receiver, when you line up, at least I teach my guys what we do. We find the safeties, one high, two high. All right, that breaks things down. And then you look at 
the linebackers? What's their leverage? Do you look at the corners? What's their leverage? And now you have a, an understanding of how to diagnose what's going on. And what I like about what Geno does, he, get, he gets those guys out the huddle with 20 seconds on the clock. So I got 20 seconds to look at the defense and figure out what's going on and then communicate with my quarterback. So I think that him and Geno are on the same page and they're both allowing themselves to diagnose this defense so they understand how to attack it. Yeah, I, I mean, again, hopefully we get Tyler back on because I think some of that that um, relationship uh, with him, th th those two together, is so impressive. You mentioned he'll get him out of the, the huddle quick, but Gina will take that down to three, four seconds. Yep. Um, there's other quarterbacks I know in the past that, will, you know, they'll take a delay a game. They're not quite quick enough to, to actually get the ball snapped. But he allows that defense, because look, defenses are trying to disguise too, right? I mean, they're not dumb. They're, they're, they're paid to make plays. And, you know, my job, you know, when I play defense was to try to disguise it to the last second. So go ahead, Bump. All right. I think we got Tyler back on. Tyler, you there? Yep, I'm here. All right, cool, man. Thanks for connecting back with us. I'm sure the people here appreciate that, well, man. Let's give it up for Tyler, by the way. <laughs> we got a big crowd for you. A minute. All right, man, we got about a couple minutes left. And, um, man, what I wanted to ask you is, I mean, how, how do you feel about this offense? Because it's um, – it's been refreshing to see an offense kind of be on time and spread the football around. I know you were one of the most humble people that I've ever had a, a chance to cover. What's it like getting, a, getting in the huddle and knowing that, man, anybody can get it right now, to tight ends, to running backs, to DK, to you? How does it feel to be in an offense that's spread out? Well, I think it's pretty cool. I think the biggest thing from it is just the fact that variety that we have, the better it is for everybody. We could be able to put tight ends wherever we want, running backs wherever we want, receivers. And it kind of puts a hold on a lot of defenses because they don't always know what coverage is to play or how to, how to guard us because there's times I'm in the backfield. There's times Ken might be at receiver. There's times that tight ends could be in the backfield. And so we can be creative as we want as long as we all understand the scheme and what it is that we're trying to accomplish. So it's actually pretty cool just the, the more and more that how we see our offense flourishing. All right, Tyler, man, we appreciate you hopping back on the line with us. We know you have a big week this weekend going to Arizona to get it done. Number 16, Tyler Lockett, man, we appreciate you. Uh, no problem. Y'all have a good rest of the day. All right. That was Tyler Lockett, the record-setting Tyler Lockett Man, he's, at that. He's the, look, Pete Carroll said he's the best wide receiver he's ever coached. He's the best. And Pete... I mean, that's that says something, man. I mean, I, I played with Steve Largent, and uh, he was pretty impressive. But I, uh, Tyler, the, the humility of how hard he works and what he's accomplished, and I got to put him right up there. Yep. Hey, and he's under six foot. Big yep. up to my under six foot receivers. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Okay, when we return, we will go around the NFL. That is next right here on Hawks Live. We got a good crowd right here. Thank you, ladies, for stopping by. You look like you just got done <laughs> shopping. We got some youngsters in the front. Hopefully we go long enough so where you don't got to go to school tomorrow, okay? We're going to do that for you, all right? But uh, let, let's talk some football right now, man. The, the NFL trade deadline just went down, yeah. and there was a lot of movement going on. One of the best moves that I thought happened um, 
was to a team that no one's really thinking about was the Chicago Bears. I thought them picking up Chase Claypool was huge. And that move, Chase Claypool, to the Chicago Bears told me that they believe in Justin Fields. Now, the Chicago Bears are one of the best rushing teams in the league. When you add a quarter, uh, excuse me, a receiver that lets you know that, look, they believe in Justin Fields. You shaking your head? I, I don't know You're why they do. shaking your head? I don't know why they do. They believe in Justin Fields. I, I said I don't know why they do. You don't? Why they, not? I, why not? Come on, He ain't got man. no help. He has look, no help. Look, he ain't I, got no help. I'm not saying I get, I get that. I mean, he's got a bad offensive line. Even when he's had time, I mean, look, I, it's not that he's not capable. I just, man, I, I just don't see it, man. I, that's all I'm saying. And, you know, and again, you the, see it. I, that's just my opinion. That's your, and you know what? You know what's great about this country? Yeah. You're allowed in No, opinion. you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Depends on who you talk not to. Not on social media. Um, <laughs> no, I, look, I, it, it's interesting to me. And maybe, look, I, I'm a big believer in that, look, the franchises know way more than we do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Geno Smith's a perfect example. Pete was telling everybody all through OTAs, through camp, and we're all going, yeah. I didn't believe him. Well, I, I, I didn't think he was a bad quarterback. I just didn't know he was going to be what he is today. Yeah. And I cannot believe, look, yeah, he's turned out to be one of my favorite players of all time. <laughs> and partly is he's so good at being the quarterback. He's so smart in what he's doing. And it's just been a long time since I've seen a quarterback here run an offense. You know, I've seen a guy make big plays, but I mean truly run an offense. Boom. Here's the game plan. Here's how you check. Here's the open receiver. Make sure you hit that guy. Um, and we're seeing all that from Gino, and it's so impressive. And I think Pete, you know, said it today after practices. I just can't believe it. this guy does it every day. Every it's day. not on Sundays. It's every single day. Um, and I, I will say this about the trade deadline. It's probably the most activity I can remember. There used oh, wow. to be no trades back in the day. Yeah. I mean, there was like, no, nope, not doing it. And, and partly because it's like any other sport in that, you know, basketball is a one-on-one sport. I can plug a guy in and say, throwing you the ball, beat that guy. Baseball, right. you're going up against a hitter, pitcher. Football, look, you've got to be a team player. You've got to know the defense, your offense. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. So it's hard to bring a guy in right away and plug him in. So you don't want to give up too much draft capital and money for it. Um, so what was your biggest winner? My biggest winner, I think. Was that it? It's not your biggest. No, the biggest winner was the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. Because they, they got Chubb. They picked up Bradley Chubb. Yeah, no, I mean, that's. And you're looking at this offense, one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah. Tua is doing his thing. He has two weapons on the outside and Tyreek and Waddle. You got Jasicki at the at the QB spot. And then they bring in Jeff Wilson at the running back yep. spot. They pretty much flipped that Trey Lance deal into about three or four picks. So good job by that. Um, Were you shocked that Denver did that? I was shocked because I felt they have one of the best defenses in the league it's, it's, right now. It's a, le- it's a Super Bowl defense. Super Bowl defense. You just got to have a average offense. They ain't got that They're right They're one now. of the worst offenses in the league. One of the worst in the league, and that's what we need. All right, not because we're hating on Russell. No, no, no. We like we like. You can Russell. hate on him a little bit, right? No, no, because no, no, he's not no, here. no. Russell's going to be in the ring. No, no. We, we, we okay, all like okay, okay, okay. But when he runs out the tunnel, you're not going to cheer for him. All I I'm didn't saying say is that. that. All I'm saying is that I don't mind seeing him play bad because no. that means that we get their first round pick, right. and if they give us a top five pick, all is well. And then next year. I'll have a little more love. Yeah, all good. Okay? It's a competitive spirit in me. That's all it is, Moyer. I think the clear winner of this 
uh, the trade deadline. And it's, to me, it's not even close. I can't believe no one's even talking about it. It's the Seattle Seahawks. Denver gave rid of Chubb. Are you kidding me? They've just tanked the season. They said, you know what? We don't care. We don't have a first round, a second round pick anyways. We're going to grab some draft capital because we got to get something down the road. So if we get a top 10 pick to Seattle, what do we care? They're in the NFC. The Seattle didn't even have to do anything. And we won. This is awesome. (laughs) I thought it was one of the great non-trade trades of all time for Seattle. I agree. We're going to get a top 10 pick. I agree because you didn't want to give away draft capital. No. Because we saw what they did this year with all the picks that they had. The year before they had, what, two or three picks. Now, I feel like John Schneider and Pete Carroll are in a zone right now. They're in the zone to where the evaluations are on married point. married a while, man. They're right. on the same page. Hey, they're on, hey, they're on page 15. Yeah, they are. They're both on page 15. Yeah. What, what is page 15? I don't know. It's a good page, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. They're on the same page. <laughs> on the Whatever same page. Whatever page it is, they are on. They got six rookies playing for you right now. Now, I don't, I don't expect every year to have this type of production from the rookies, but what this does do is that it allows you to miss every now and then on this next draft. And now you have more opportunities to hit rather than miss on this next draft. So, me, I agree with you. I think they had a, a, a great trade deadline because they did absolutely nothing. They got rid of Sidney Jones. They opened up about 680000 um, worth of, uh, of, of cap space. So, they are planning for the future but being competitive in the present. What would you have traded for if they were to do something? Is, there, is there a position that you said... And eh, we could have used that. And I don't mean a superstar, but maybe just something uh, to help out. When I look at this team, there's no position to where I'm like, you need a guy at that spot. Any move would have been a depth position. Yeah. And the only spot, a couple spots I look at when you need some depth is maybe a running back because yeah. of what happened with Rashad, and then maybe a safety because of what happened with Jamal. And then and you can safety. look at the LB spot and say, all right, we need a guy just in case one of those guys go down because uh, this is football and guys get banged up. Is there a position that you would have looked at? Somebody asked me, actually, I think it was uh, Dave Wyman and, and Bob uh, Selton asked me today, uh, what about running back? And, and what does that mean for the Seahawks that they didn't try to add some depth there? And I said, well, what it means is they really believe in DJ Dallas and Travis Homer. Right. And they've earned that right. I mean, we have depth. Now, look, I mean, K-9 is special. You know, if he, well, I'm not even going down. I'm not even going to touch it. I am going to say the word. Um, we've got depth. We've got, I mean, DJ Dallas, his preseason was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And so we have guys, and they're spelling them. I mean, you see Travis Homer came in last week, and, you know, he got to obviously to start playing again. And he's a great third down back, and he's really good at, you know, pass protection. DJ Dallas is a tough runner. He gives, you know, a different element. I think we have the depth. I, I get where I go, what are you going to do? You're looking for another starting running back? like uh-huh. Keen? I, That was my only thing. I go, I'm not willing to give up anything at that point. No. And we have so many tight ends and wide receivers. It, it, if we get an injury bug, I, I just see Shane Waldron saying, okay, we'll just shift the game plan over here. Right. And, the, and the beauty is that what we've seen is Geno Smith will take what do you want to take away? I'm going there. If I got to have the tight ends be the number one target, they're going to be it. If it's going to be our wide receivers, you know, DK and Tyler, we'll do that. And I, I did hear Pete say something that really got me excited. He said, the one thing that we're missing with K-9, and you're going to probably start to see it, we start, seeing him, start getting him the ball out of the backfield. 
and that got me excited. What do you mean the ball at the back foot? Well, line? so in other words, we're not handing the ball. The, we're going to get him Swings in the passing game. And, yeah. Swing, maybe maybe an angle route. Yeah. I don't care. Get him in open space one-on-one right. with people. And uh, I don't be surprised if you see some of that. I, by the way, I don't know the game plan. I haven't been to a practice. <laughs> I just heard Pete talk about it. Yeah, and you know what? I love, I love, I love what the game plan is going to be going forward because that's the missing part is that getting him the football in space. And I think I heard you say that last week. Get him the football in space. We've seen what he can do when guys are in the box. We've seen him make guys miss. I want you guys to go across the NFL and find a guy who's shiftier than Ken Walker. I'm not saying he's the best running back or the best athlete in the league, but find a guy who is as shifty as Ken Walker. He's a rookie. I can't give him that love. But you don't think who's shifter than Ken Walker no, no, right now? I said he's a rookie, so I can't give him that man, give love. Give him that love, man. But if this was his Stop. second year, I would say <laughs> there is no one better. I mean, I've ta- you look, you know how much I like him. I he has the I've never seen a running back in Seahawk history that has a guy that can actually get up into a hole, pop back, get around the corner when there's a defensive back corner in perfect position to tackle him, and he doesn't even touch him. He runs around him. So he's got the quickness, the speed, and the toughness, um, but he's a rookie, so I can't give it to him. He's a rook. I love Mr. Rookies, though. That's yep. just me. That's my guy, Paul. I'm Michael Bumpus. This is Hawks Live. When we return, we are going to holla at Uncle Will Disley. That's coming up next. So right now, we are hanging with my favorite Husky. Go dogs. All right. I, I, won't, I won't say that, but my favorite Husky, Will Disley. Give it up one time for my man. Man, uh, my question to you is, you had 26 targets, I want to say, last year. This year, you are 22 of 21. When you were in, or 21 of 20. targets, 21 of 22. Yeah, you got me. You got me. Wazoo, right? Uh, (laughs) When you were were, uh, running this offense in training camp, did you feel like, all right, I'm going to be a bit more involved this year? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I kind of wear a lot of hats, you know, around the building and, you know, sometimes ask me to run block, sometimes ask me to pass block, sometimes ask me to, you know, catch passes. So whatever they ask of me, it's kind of what I'm ready to do. Uh, you know, this fall camp has been really fun, you know, with the addition of Noah and then Colby going into year three. Oh, mic check. I'm hot. Uh, You're good, though. You know, it was uh, it was good. The, the group was good. We were bonding. And, uh, you know, I think we kind of thrived off that. And we, we started playing really good ball. And, um, built some really good trust and uh, with our quarterbacks. And obviously they do an amazing job, so they make our jobs easier, for sure. Yeah. It is pretty remarkable. Look, when you came out of college, you were considered the number one blocking tight end. Man, I tell you what, though, you, your hands, I mean, the route running you have, I mean, is it, have you worked on it, or is that just something that you, you're really natural? Yeah, if you ask any of my uh, high school teammates, they would have told you I couldn't block for lick. So uh, <laughs> I was actually a receiving tight end in high school. So throwback and then, uh, you know, decided to go play D-line at UW for a couple of years and then made the transition and um, just stayed with the aggressive mindset and carried over into becoming a good blocker. And, you know, I've got to give a lot of credit to Jordan Powpow, my old tight end coach at UW, um, just taught me the ways and, uh you know, kind of gave me the tools to be successful. It's, you know, I think, uh, you know, you get into the NFL, everyone's big and athletic. It's, it's more of a want-to thing. So, right. um, you, know, you just got to go out there and want to do it. And it's, it's definitely fun moving guys. Man, how fun are, how much fun are you having right now? I always look at players 
body language and demeanor and how they respond after a play and on the sideline. And I look at you as one of the guys who just seem to be out there just, just having a good time. And that's what the game is all about, man. How much fun is this year? Oh, yeah, no question. I mean, I started playing football third grade, just out in the recess. Trying, I mean, we got to school early, not to study more, but just to go and get an extra recess in. So uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm just playing with my friends. It's really why I fell in love with the game. Um, there's 11 of us out there all playing for one thing, one goal. And um, this year's been really fun, man. It's a good group of guys. We're definitely bonded and, uh, you know, playing for one another. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, what a dream come true. It, you know, again, we, we were talking earlier. We, we all packed guys and I went to Arizona State but I grew up in Orange County and my team was the Rams I thought they were going to draft me they didn't draft me I get I come up to Seattle and you know you're away from your family man how special is it that you got to go to University of Washington it's in your backyard I'm assuming your family's all here I mean can you describe that yeah, I mean, it didn't really hit me until, you know, guys were coming in and they were trying to learn the city and they were like, you know, what do we do around town? And I was like, man, I got you. Like, there's so many good places to eat, so many good sites to see. Like, Seattle is awesome. And, you know, I took a trip to, you know, New Jersey. And as a kid from Montana going to see New York, seeing New Jersey, I was like, please don't draft me. Like, is is you know, five-hour flight from my parents and uh, – you know, one, it's just, you don't, you don't get the fans here, man. Like, playing at Husky Stadium, you know, we had some top ten matchups against Stanford, SC, and the place was rocking. And then I'd never even been to a Seahawks game. So then you go over to get the 12s, and, like, the fans are just crazy. So it's, it's, it's been really nice. I mean, it's been really uh, just a second home for me. I've been here for, you know, it's going to be almost a decade here. So it's definitely home away from home. Now, um, I got a text thread with my boys, right? And to the public... We're humble, you know, but when you get around your boys, you start talking a little stuff. So I would imagine your text thread with you, Kobe, and Noah being like, hey, we're killing it this year. This is what we're doing. How good does it feel to be just a big part of this office as a group? Not necessarily just you, but, uh, you know, all three of you guys, man. You guys, in my opinion, are the catalyst to this offense. You guys do a little bit of everything. You block it. You receive. Um, what's it like as a group to feel like you're a big part of this offense? Yeah, I mean, I hate talking about me. I will, I, it's, it's been nice to have those guys because they do such a good job that anytime I get any media, I'm like, have you seen Noah Block? Have you seen Colby running the guys, like doing all this stuff? So, like, it's really fun, like, to go out there and brag about those guys because I see them work every day. They come in, they prepare, they grind, and then they get to go out and do it on Sunday. So, you know, I've always just been a do-my-job guy. I don't really, you know, need the recognition as long as we're winning. I'm happy. So, um, it's been a lot of fun, for sure. That's what's up. Well, we were looking at statistics. I think the most catches the tight ends as a group have ever had is 85. You guys are on pace for about 117 or something like that right now, which is pretty amazing. And we, and we had Colby Parkinson on, uh, I don't know, probably a month ago. What a character. But can you describe Kobe and describe Noah? Just give me some of their personality traits. Oh, man, we're recording, too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> say nice things about Colby. Colby. He had nice no. things to say about you, by the way. Uh, no, Colby's <laughs> awesome, man. He's 6'11", gentle giant, um, just super humble guy. I've gotten to know his family really well, super close-knit family, um, really studious. Uh, he hasn't gotten his degree yet, but he was going to be an engineer. So he's wicked smart and, uh, you know, really faithful guy. So... 
you know, we get a lot of talks about, you know, religion and kind of, you know, obviously the election cycles. So we have good, nice political, safe debates. And, <laughs> uh, uh, so it's really fun. Like, he brings the intellect. And not to say no, it doesn't. But, uh, you know, Noah's a lot more like me. He's kind of a little bit of ADD. And uh, he, not, he might not get up as high as me and go crazy, but he loves to joke around, has a good time. And, uh, you know, it's been fun to work with both of them, for sure. We saw that there was a segment uh, on the Seahawks. I don't know. You guys were doing a, you know, it was a video of you guys. And I think uh, Kobe was actually kind of leading it. And I was just watching him, um, how he interacted with you and his genuine laugh. And it just, I go, man, he genuinely likes you. Does he like everybody? Is he just that, his personality? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Colby's been, you know, with me. This is year three now, so we've gotten really, really close. We play golf together, so uh, I think there's a genuine friendship right there. You know, he just got engaged, so hopefully I'll be in the wedding and uh, <laughs> we'll go and party and celebrate them. But um, it's, it's really fun. And, and I wouldn't say no, he hasn't skipped a beat. Like, it's been really fun. Like, we have all the side jokes and all the handshakes. And um, like I said, we're really close. We have really, you know, important conversations outside of football. Um, that we lean in on each other. So, awesome. you know, I love having Colby. I love having Noah. It's, it's been really awesome. Y'all play golf together. We play golf together. What's that golf game like? It's close. Is it's it? close. What's the handy? See the, the handicap. I think I got under nine, and I just stopped caring. I'm like That's an eight-inch right. guy. It's good. It's, it's, it's funny because, golf, like, we compete every day, you know, and so golf is actually one thing. I don't, really don't care to compete. Uh-huh. Like, I just want to go out there, spend four hours outside with my friends, listen to some music, you know, playing a little bit of hit the ball. I don't know, like, what's going on. But um, Colby's fiance plays golf at Alabama, so she's giving him free lessons. So now he's getting nasty good. And, of course, (laughs) I have a little bit of competitive in me, so I'm trying to, like, get better. So if anyone's out there listening and that wants to give me free golf lessons, I mean, like, I'm trying to get better. You heard it here on Hawks Live. If you want to give Will Disney some free lessons, you you, you come holler at us uh, right uh, now. You and I can talk after. I'll help Uh, you. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> he's a fit team. You don't want No, don't want. I'm not. <laughs> I know, he's but like, I'll play golf. He's a good golfer. And this is what I say. This is what I say. There's no such thing as a bad golfer, only those who don't have fun. That's what I say. There we so go. So it's like. There we go. Well, hey, so here's my, I always ask this question, or I ask it frequently, because one of the most fun parts of football to me are the interactions with teammates during the game and with the opponents during the game. And you seem like the type of guy that's like cracking jokes with a, an end if you're blocking them or a linebacker if you're climbing up. What are your interactions like with, with guys on the opposing teams? Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely more fun, like, the longer you play because, like, I mean, I have a bunch of Husky teammates at Arizona, and I remember the first play that I played Arizona, it was Zeke Turner running down on kickoff, and I'm blocking him on kickoff return, and we just run it. It was a touchback, but we just run into each other and just <laughs> yell, <laughs> like, it was, like, we were just so stoked to be there, but it's, it's fun, man. It's, uh, you talk a little bit smack, and then I always, you never want to piss defensive people off, right, because right. they hit you hard, so I'm always, <laughs> like, talk a little bit, but then, like, laugh it off or say yep. something stupid, so yep. uh, it's definitely fun. Love it. Okay, so do they call you Uncle Will Disley? Because he calls you Uncle Will all the time. Some of the rookies have started doing that. Do you know <laughs> where know that came from? Thing. Well, like, the, the nickname originated John Schneider when he drafted me. He called me Uncle Will on the call. Uh, I do have a niece and, and three nephews, so I love them dearly. So the name sticks. My, my, uh, my niece and first nephew, they didn't even know my name. They just called me Uncle. Like, it was because they had Nick, who was my other brother, and then I was Uncle. It was like the decipher. So it's kind of stuck. And I'm definitely an old soul. I like old music. So it, it's a fitting, fitting nickname for it, sure. It, it is perfect. Okay, I can, now I'm going to ask you a little serious question. Okay. 
Look, Geno Smith has become such a national story, and, and he deserves every bit of that. I think everybody knew he's a good quarterback to be where he is today. So tell me something that you've learned about him before the season, and now here we are today. What, what is it about him? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, all quarterbacks have this certain level of confidence, right? And, uh, you know, as him being the backup, you always he always had a confidence in his football IQ. And I've really loved, you know, working with Geno, studying, you know, defensive structures and past kind of concepts that beat those. And he's really, really smart. And I've known that. But then this year he's gotten the spotlight. And just to see his confidence is unwavering um, in his belief in who he is and, and kind of his abilities, I think it's just carried him to this elite performance that you guys are seeing. And I think, you know, that paired with his work ethic, you know, you know, you could have all this recognition and take days off, but my guy's in there, you know, he's first one in the building, he's doing extra film studies, like he's, he's really on it. So it's, it's been really fortunate for him, you know, put all the work in all the time, sitting, waiting and to get a shot. It's, it's been awesome. I look at you veterans, you, DK, Tyler, um, Gabe, Gino, and you guys are the foundation of this, right? I don't think you win a lot of games unless you have a good foundation of, of veteran players. But your rookies have been getting a lot of love, man, and I think they deserve it. Um, how is this rookie class different from other rookie class that, I've, uh, that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, I, and I want to give a shout out to the vets, you know, Russell, you know, came in, he showed me the ropes, B-Wags taught me how to be a pro, KJ Wright, you know, when I got hurt, dinged up with my knee, he bought me, he, uh, you know, an ice machine for my knee, like, that's the vet stuff that I got, you know, Doug Baldwin, you know, really was the first player to believe in me and give me the confidence, like, I can play in this league, so I just want to give credit to those guys for helping me get to where I am, and I think the cool part about the rooks that have come in, any, any great person in whatever like field they're in they just are curious i find that in all aspects whether it's business football teaching you're just curious people like if you want to be great you're going to be curious about how to you know be great and i think the rookie class they've really you know grown to that like you know marshawn's been around obviously um you know the corner is learning a lot from rich and you know all these young bucks like you know chuck and abe they're just trying to learn and get better in a hurry because they know that we're counting on them and there's not really a pressure. It's more of like a curiosity and excitement to just get better and, and be great players for the Seahawks. It is pretty remarkable. I mean, just the amount of rookies that, you know, it, it, I coach with the Seahawks. It, you, there's a comfort level that you don't give rookies often a chance. You know, to have six rookies playing and, you know, so many starting, I mean, it's really a credit to, to obviously to Pete. So I'm going to ask you now a less serious question. What do you love to do on your free time? I mean, uh, look, you come out here, by the way, thank you. I mean, on Thursday yeah. nights, these guys want to rest. For him to come out, man, special thanks. Um, but during your free time, what, what, do you, what keeps you busy? Um, I mean, I love spending time with my friends. They're really important to me. I have two uh, childhood friends who I played hockey with before I even got to elementary school. And then my other buddy, uh, who was my best friend since first grade. So just getting, spending time with them, having dinners. Um, I haven't learned how to cook quite yet, but I imagine that'll be a hobby <laughs> once, uh, once, once I have a little more time. But obviously mentioned I love golf and then uh, picked up guitar in college too. Nice. So anything to do to relax, spend time with friends and, and you know, I'm kind of a, like, I like to do it all, right? You know, pass catch, run block, pass block. But I'm kind of the same way in life. Like, if you want to play golf, if you want to go rock climbing, if you want to go float the river, I'm down. As long as we're, you know, doing it together and having fun, like, I'm in. 
Well, Will, we appreciate you taking time out of your day. It's Thursday at, what, 8-11? It's Techno Thursday, man. Get techno it right. Thursday. <laughs> Let's go, man. Yeah. We appreciate you guys. Give it up one more time for Will Disley. <laughs> NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Forced fumble. Fumble recovery. That's what he does. All right, when we return, we'll go inside the film room. We'll break down Bruce Irvin, lineup Daniel Jones. Title lock is 33-yard touchdown. And Ken Walker sealing the game with a TD. That's next right here on Hawks Live. We just had a great wow, interview with great Will Disley. Good such, interview. Uh, he's definitely a fan favorite, and you know, he, you know, he spent his time. You know, Montana kid went to University of Washington Northwest, and you know, it was funny when he said, "You know, I've been here almost a decade," and I go, "Oh wow, that's just wow. You're too young for that." <laughs> but you know, he is. I, I think we all knew what he was going to be, um, but he's surpassed that too. I yeah. mean, he's really become a special player, and he's so fun. That was a great interview. Does a little bit of everything, and yeah. that's what tight ends do, right? A little bit of everything. So now it's time for us to get into the film room. This is when we break down plays and give you our perspective. We'll try to paint a picture the best that we can for you guys. And the first play we're breaking down, Bruce Irvin oh, lights man. up Daniel Jones and tackles Saquon Barkley in the fourth. First and 10 at the Seattle 29. Barkley, oh. oh my goodness, what a play by Bruce Irvin. Barkley took a toss. Bruce Irvin blasts Jones into the running back, and Barkley hits the deck. I don't know that I've ever seen that. An eight-yard loss, and Bruce Irvin just blew up the entire play. <laughs> I'm going to knock everybody over. <laughs> What'd you see, Moyer? Look, I, not much to say, right? I mean, Bruce Irvin, he played 72% of the snaps. He's going to be sore. Here's a guy who was on the street, and, uh, you know, we pick him up, and he's a veteran. He's in great shape. And, uh, you know, they, they come in a kind of a stack position, and the tight end's off the ball. So it's kind of like, a, they, for those who know football, they're in their younger days, he's in a wing position. So he's back off the ball just outside the tackle. And Urban just shoots the gap. And I don't know if they mess up the, the blocking scheme. It doesn't even matter. What he does is... He knocks the living crap out of Daniel <laughs> Jones, who goes flying into Barkley. And so I don't know who gets the tackle for that, Daniel Jones or Bruce Irvin. I know they gave it to Bruce. <laughs> but he knocks him so hard into Barkley, who's one of the great running backs, if not one of the best in the league. And, uh, you know, it's about an 8, 10-yard loss. And it's just, you know, it's just a great play. Yeah, I, I see him just shoot the gap. Shoot the gap with uh, so much conviction that um, he just gets to the backfield quickly. And those are the type of plays that you need. And Bruce Irvin played 70-plus percent of the snaps. This guy is 35 years old. He was born in the 80s. Ain't too many football born players in born in the 80s yeah, out there, Yeah, Yeah, boy, that's old. I didn't 80s. say he's football years he's old. In life, daughter was he's born a young in man. 80s, man. In life, he's a young man. But in football years, man, I was born in 85. I've been done. <laughs> Bruce uh, Irvin is out there getting it done. So um, let me tell you how many plays he played. How's how many? that? How uh, many? Bruce Irvin. Here we go. I know this is bad radio, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> this is really bad. We can't even find him <laughs> on here. There he is. He played 72% of the plays. He played 47 snaps plus five on special teams on top of that. So 47 plays. How would you feel if you played 40? Well, as a wide receiver, you'd feel fine. You but if you played hey, hold on. Don't you back. disrespect the wide receivers <laughs> like that. I'm running 45, 50 yards sometimes for nothing. So you're tired. Hella tired. He just ran. He, he's strong, man. He, you know what? Uh, Pete said, I think he, you know, maybe he's lost a half step. 
Man, he's still pretty quick. Yeah. And he is strong. And I, no, I think they have to uh, monitor his snaps and make sure he's good to go because he brings a lot to this football team. But a great play right yeah, there. This was. next play, Geno Smith finds Tyler Lockett for a 33-yard touchdown. Geno going to throw again on first down. Pump fake. Going to throw deep. Got a man in the corner. It is Lockett. Touchdown, Seahawks. What a drive led by Geno Smith. Tyler Lockett was not going to let this one get away. He hung on 33 yards out, and the Seahawks go on top 19-13. Now Tyler has passed Daryl Jackson for third place on the Seahawks' all-time receiving list of touchdowns with 48. Congratulations to number 16. I talked about this play earlier, Moyer. It's a three-by-one. That means you got three receivers to one side, you got one receiver to the other side. The one receiver is naturally DK here. This is a drive where Gino goes five for five for 75 yards. And now what happens here is it looks like they are in a man type of look. Yep, they are. All right, you got three-by-one. You're looking at DK. He runs a deep out. The play before this, they got in the same formation. They ran the same concept, and they hit DK on that deep out. Now they hit Tyler Lockett on a double move. Why did this work? Because the play before, Tyler runs a curl around 10 to 12 yards, breaks down, doesn't get the football, but now that DB over him has seen that curl. He goes, okay. As a DB, you look at the down and distance, you look at the formation, you go, all right, you see what the number three receiver is doing. He does a deep cross just like he did before. The number two receiver does a seam just like they did before. The defense is comfortable. They're like, we've seen this. We're good to go. What does Shane do? He goes, you know what? Hey, same thing. Tag Z. Tag Z. I'm going to tag you with it. This is how I did to my offense. Hitch. Go tag him with a hitch and go or curl and go, whatever now that I know, that, whatever you want to call it. I'm out the game now, don't worry okay. about it. You can have that though. Tell Bellevue, <laughs> they got it. <laughs> but he tags him, and Lockett does a great job of selling it, and Gino does a good job of pump faking it and letting it go, and then putting it on a line because now you got to fit it between the safety and the corner. Great throw by Gino, good sell by Tyler Lockett. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of good things on this one. Um, First of all, the Giants played a lot of man-to-man. They played a lot of man-to-man coming into the game. And so they were playing what we call kind of a robber. So they would keep uh, a, a free guy in the middle, uh, not deep middle, but that, there's a guy in the deep middle as well, but more in the middle uh, hook. Or, what, what do I want to say? Is that hook? Not hook. Uh, anyway, just between the hash marks. And what he's looking for is crossing routes. So bottom line, they're playing man-to-man on this. What's so great about this is, yeah, the pump fake, the throw by Gino, no question, it's a great throw. As DBs were taught, if I see it, it to me, this is a stutter go. So the guy is going to, a turn and go, I probably could have grabbed him or something so that, uh, and it would have been harder for him to actually made that play, Tyler. He stutters it like he's about to turn, but he keeps his momentum still moving forward. That guy bites on that turn route. What's so great about Tyler being a veteran, as soon as Tyler did the stutter, he immediately widened to the sideline. Because if he didn't, I guarantee that corner would have grabbed him. It would have just been a five-yard holding penalty. But he got so wide on it afterwards that the guy couldn't grab him. And now he's beat. And the safety, there's no way that he can get over and make that play. It's a great throw. It's a great route. And more importantly, Shane Waldron is starting to become one of the better play callers out there. And you're seeing, again, Gino learning 
running his offense, and it's making Shane look really good. It's a beautiful thing when a receiver sells a route. I always tell my guys, body language, mm -hmm. right? As a receiver, I got to be able to tell if you're happy, sad, mad. Sell that to the DB. Make him buy what you're selling. That's exactly what you described, exactly yeah. what happened in that situation right there. Okay, this next play, Ken Walker seals the game with a 16-yard touchdown. Three tight ends on the right side. The handoff to Walker. He breaks a tackle, comes back to the near side. Stumbles across the 10, breaks a tackle. He is in. Touchdown, Seahawks. We knew it had to happen. We hoped on this drive, and it did. From 16 out, Walker must have broken three tackles. His fifth career touchdown. And that just about puts the nail in against these Giants as Seattle stretches its lead 26 to 13. Moyer, we call this a heavy right formation. <laughs> heavy. You got three tight ends to the right side of the formation. You're telling the defense, hey, eight times out of ten, we're going to run this thing to the right. Or we're doing something that's going to influence you to the right. And that's exactly what we see, just a little zone concept. Now, what happens here is, when you are teaching your running back the zone concept, you are teaching him, look, you want to press the B gap. The B gap is the gap between your guard and the tackle. You want to press that gap and give it a chance. You're going to get the defense to flow that way. Now, once they flow that way, you're not going to block the backside in. All right, so he's going to flow and really try to dive down on you. If nothing is there, you press the B gap, and now you're looking for the cutback. That's what Ken Walker does here. He is one of the best in the game at feeling the cutback and looking for the cutback, and he does exactly that. And let's not uh, forget, Geno Smith tries to throw a block. No, he threw but a he block. But does, he does just enough. Sometimes a block is just, just getting just him. enough and getting out the way. So he presses that B gap. There's nothing there. He gets to the backside, and then if you want to try to tackle number nine above the waist, it's not going to happen for you. That's what happens he scores a touchdown yeah I mean Gino's in a gun formation and you got the canine uh, just sitting off to his left for those no canine it's Kenneth Walker the third number nine uh, so canine <laughs> and he's just offset to his left uh, you know next to Gino I guess it's good blocking but it has nothing to do with the play because this is all canine right. uh, canine starts to his right there's a guy who flashes, and I don't even know what makes him jump. So he makes his cut at the 18, and he actually jumped back a yard. So he makes his cut at the 19-yard line and works his way to the left. Uh, as you just mentioned, Geno screens the defensive end. The safety's in great position, but he overruns him. I don't know if this is a better run than the one against Arizona when he broke all those tackles and, you know, it looked like it was going to be a zero or negative loss and he ends up running for a touchdown. Or no, he didn't get a touchdown. The guy dove at the last second and, and, and caught him from behind. This is such a great run. And when you can have a running back that just, yeah, it doesn't matter. No one's really blocked the way I'm going. I'm going to make three guys miss. I'm going to break a tackle. I've got the speed to take it to the house. We got a really special running back. Really special running back we got right there, man. And um, it's unbelievable. It's going to be fun to see him develop because he's still young, oh, man. man. He is so powerful. Young. He's quick. He's got speed. I'm waiting for the next evolution for him. What's we, that? We got to get him in the passing game. Get him in the we passing gotta game. We got to get him out in open space. We're going to call it right here.
two to three receptions yep. this weekend. Yeah, I think in. that's the next. Do it. All right, when we return, we will talk that talk. This is when we square off on some topics. Moyer thinks he's always right, reminds me of my wife, and I remind him that we're in a relationship. Who's usually right? The wife you have to talk or the about husband? Eh, on paper, the on wife is. On this one, I'll on take paper, the wife role. On paper, the wife is. In reality, what fellas, a, fellas whoa, we know what's up. Whoa, we write sometimes. Whoa. We write sometimes. I'm good. No, hey, I'm, I'm not. I, do you see how I just moved away from him? <laughs> I don't even want to be near him right now. I'm over here. We're fighting right now. That's next on Hawks Live. <laughs> I want to give my guy a shout-out. He went to a gaming event last week. Hope you did well over there, man. A nice little competition. He's one of our regulars here at, uh, at Hawks Live. And now we're going to focus on the Arizona Cardinals. That's the matchup coming up. Yeah. Now, you, you spit out some really good stats about Kyler Murray and how you think this team should attack him. Uh, personally, I think offensively for the Seahawks, they just got to be ready for the blitz and be able to handle all the, the different type of looks. You call it a gimmick. I, I'm with you when it comes to gimmicks. They're going to show everything, drop one, drop two, send nobody. Like, you're going to get a bunch of different looks. As long as Geno knows what he's looking at, I think they will be fine. They're not great against the run. They're not great against the pass. They blitz a lot. They're not great at sacking the quarterback. So offensively, I think we are fine. Defensively, what are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, they don't they don't have a speed rusher. I mean, they've got, you know, Watt, and it, they really have moved him inside. Um, they don't put a lot of pressure with four guys, and so they have to do it. You know, the guy you have to know is where is Buda Baker mm -hmm. because he'll, he'll drop down in a safety spot, and all of a sudden he'll start creeping. He's so fast, he could be about five yards from the line of scrimmage. That ball snapped. I mean, he comes around that edge, and it's like holy Toledo. Right. He is... I'm not kidding. I, th I think he's the best safety in the league. Mm. He is so special. He's paid like it. Well, you know, I mean, I had him as a freshman at Bellevue, but um, not these. <laughs> uh, actually, I didn't get a chance to coach him. I wish I had him. We, we knew how special he was going to be, but he is so gifted and he's so fast and he's so tough. With that, they're not really big. I mean, even their, is it Simmons? I think it's Simmons. Yep. He's not big. So. Um, I think we can kind of, you know, move them around a little bit. We, we've got to run the football. And when they come up there and they start messing around, they're all standing there. Well, I, I like Gino because Gino's so smart. He sees it. He knows where to throw the ball. I think we can take some shots downfield on these guys as well. But we better run the football. And it's, look, it's simple. We just got to protect the football. They're dangerous. I, I don't know what to expect with Arizona because they're, as I said, I don't want to say it's gimmicky. It's just they constantly game plan. So one week, wow, it's a really good game plan. Next week, they get the crap kicked out of them. Right. And so last week, I, th actually, they, I thought they had a pretty good game plan. Um, they were in the game against Minnesota. So you know what? This week they get the crap kicked out of them. It's that simple. <laughs> that simple. I think that what the Hawks showed last week is that they can be a physical football team. And I think if you are physical with the Arizona Cardinals, as well as efficient, then you have a really good chance. And I look at the defense, and I just – you get one or two picks – Oh, you're going to get an opportunity. You get one or two picks, I think these guys are going to be in good position. And maybe it's not even Tariq. Maybe Quandre gets his first one. Maybe Kobe gets his first one. Maybe Mike Jackson gets his first one. But I, I think care. if you get Maybe one or two picks, you should be fine. And like you mentioned earlier, make Kyler Murray have to scramble stepping up inside the pocket Absolutely. instead of getting to the sidelines because that's where he's dangerous. When he gets to the sidelines, he can keep his eyes down the field and get the ball down and still be a run threat. So it's about Kyler, it's about Definitely. Hopkins, and it's about...
being able to run the football to open everything else up. Yeah, I mean, Kyler, if we can get pressure with him with four guys and just collapse a pocket, last week he threw some pa- – he can't see, and he doesn't want to take a sack. So all of a sudden he just throws it up, and I'm like, why are you throwing it to the defensive guy? And there's not a, a your jersey around. So big game. It's a winnable game. It'll be a tough game. It's a division game. It will not be like the last time we played them. It's important because the next week we're going to Munich. We got Tampa Bay. They're struggling. There's a chance we come out of this thing seven and three. We will not have a show next week because we're going to Munich. Right. Right. Um, so be off for a few weeks. So this this is an important game. Divisional game. You guys make sure you listen to Munich. I'm doing like three shows out there. All right, so it might be like 3 o'clock in the morning over here, but we'll podcast it. You guys make sure you listen. Hey, special thanks to, first off, you guys, the crowd right here, man. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Also, special thanks to Tyler Lockett and Will Disley for joining the show. Our board operator is Brady Rovick. Production assistant is Nishant Kandapuri. Our executive producer is Nasa Chobi. The Seahawks pregame pregame show is live this Sunday starting at 10 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bumbus, with Paul Moyer. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Three weeks? Yeah. Right here on Hawks Live.